What is your life? It is just a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. So says James in his book of the same name, his New Testament letter of the Bible. And here on Search for Truth with your Bible teacher Brian Johnston, we have study number three of this eight-part series called Does Anyone Know Why We're Here? We're again in the Old Testament Bible book of Ecclesiastes, which is a collection of reflections on the vanity of human life. Brian's taking a deeper look into the issues which this book raises and relating them to the Christian faith. Today's study is entitled The Vanishing Point. Here's Brian. Thanks, John. As we've noted previously, the Nobel Prize-winning scientist Steven Weinberg was an outspoken atheist. He wrote, The more the universe seems comprehensible, the more it also seems pointless. But if there is no solace in the fruits of our research, there is at least some consolation in the research itself. The effort to understand the universe is one of the very few things that lifts human life a little above the level of farce and gives it some of the grace of tragedy. Weinberg considers life as being ultimately without purpose, but he does talk about how a passion for actually doing science gives life a temporary lift above the level of farce, and he finds a crumb of comfort in that. In other words, Weinberg finds a crumb of comfort in the process of researching, even if the conclusion he draws from the research is that everything is meaningless. That's a remarkably similar finding, as we'll see now, to what the professor in the Bible book of Ecclesiastes discovers through his own research. His finding was that everything is meaningless, but you can still get a certain, albeit very limited amount of satisfaction and even enjoyment from doing a job well. We might expect a Bible writer to say a lot more than that, but we need to remember that in this book, and for the purposes of research only, the writer of Ecclesiastes, our professor, so to speak, has artificially limited the scope of his research to being that of a purely earthbound study. In other words, for the sake of argument, he's not allowing himself to consider the possibility that life could have a higher meaning than what might be explored in the things around us, as far as we can see and experiment with. Let's see what else our Bible professor says as he now turns his spotlight onto the topic of education and knowledge as we come to Ecclesiastes chapter 2 from verse 16. For there is no lasting remembrance of the wise man as with the fool, inasmuch as in the coming days all will be forgotten, and how the wise man and the fool alike die. So I hated life, for the work which had been done under the sun was grievous to me, because everything is futility and striving after wind. Thus I hated all the fruit of my labour for which I had laboured under the sun, for I must leave it to the man who will come after me, and who knows whether he will be a wise man or a fool, yet he will have control over all the fruit of my labour for which I have laboured by acting wisely under the sun. This too is vanity. 
Therefore I completely despaired of all the fruit of my labour for which I had laboured under the sun. He concludes there that both the wise and foolish end up dead, which cannot be denied. Death is more certain than taxes. But the added pessimism here is that in the longer term, there's no advantage in advancing your education in the short term. For it's just as certain the wise will die as it is that the fool will die. However, having said that, the preliminary evaluation in verses 24 to 26 anticipates arguments to come. Here's what they say. There is nothing better for a man than to eat and drink and tell himself that his labour is good. This also I have seen that it is from the hand of God. For who can eat and who can have enjoyment without him? For to a person who is good in his sight, he has given wisdom and knowledge and joy, while to the sinner he has given the task of gathering and collecting so that he may give to one who is good in God's sight. This too is vanity and striving after wind. So what the professor has discovered as a provisional finding is that there are certain legitimate God-given pleasures in work, as Stephen Weinberg states, just as there's also enjoyment to be had in food and drink. But no great weight of significance can be laid there. Genuine pleasures from God are given to the man who pleases him. Devoid of God, however, in the final analysis, all things like this end up meaningless. He next considers time, which presents us with another indicator of meaninglessness. Births, deaths and marriages are all registered at a point in time. The rise and fall of empires get documented in history books. Events ranging from the personal to the international form the very tapestry of life. But there's something deeper in chapter 3 and verse 11. There's such a thing as God's time. Of course, it's something that any study restricted to what's under heaven can't take any proper accounting of. But our researcher, the Bible professor, slips us a hint here. Just as a leaked document prematurely makes known what the official finding is going to tell us, that's what happens here too. This is what we read in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There is an appointed time for everything, and there is a time for every event under heaven, a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to shun embracing, a time to search and a time to give up as lost, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear apart and a time to sew together, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What profit is there to the worker from that in which he toils? I have seen the task which God has given the sons of men with which to occupy themselves. He has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also set eternity in their heart. 
yet so that man will not find out the work which God has done from the beginning even to the end. As we say, this consideration of time seemingly presents us with just another indicator of meaninglessness. Ah, but wait! There's also such a thing as God's time. Everything is made beautiful in its time, he says, which is God's time. At a human level, there seems to be nothing but meaningless repetition and boring cycles. But seen from above, it's God's providential design with a beginning and end to each section of the pattern. Unlike the brute creation, we are immersed in eternity. That's why we look for meaning, whereas animals don't. Eternity, to the Hebrews, was the vanishing point of time out of mind. Earlier, we spoke of the tapestry of life. Corrie ten Boom was someone who helped many Jews escape the Nazis from the Holocaust by hiding them in her home. She was arrested and sent to a concentration camp, and she wrote this poem. My life is but a weaving between my God and me. I cannot choose the colours he weaveth steadily. Oft times he weaveth sorrow, and I in foolish pride forget. He sees the upper, and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent, and the shuttle cease to fly, will God unroll the canvas and reveal the reason why the dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skilful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. There's now a hint of sovereignty for those who can bring themselves to embrace a higher perspective than under the sun. It's true there's a time for each one of us to be born, a time for each of us to die, but the psalmist could say in his prayer to God, My times are in your hand. The hymn writer put it like this, God moves in a mysterious way his wonders to perform. Deep in unfathomable minds of never-failing skill, he treasures up his bright designs and works his sovereign will. Behind a frowning providence he hides a smiling face. God is his own interpreter and he will make it plain. Our researcher, the Bible professor of Ecclesiastes, wished things could be plainer. But he was forced to the view that only in the hidden working of God could deeper, lasting meaning be found. He says this in chapter 3 verse 12, I know that there is nothing better for them than to rejoice and to do good in one's lifetime. Moreover, that every man who eats and drinks sees good in his labour, it is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will remain forever. There is nothing to add to it, and there is nothing to take from it. Contentment comes with the conviction that only what God does remains, and nothing of our work. While the unbeliever is brought to despair, the believer is brought to faith and worship.
blessings on your head. I hope you enjoyed today's study, and I'm sure, like me, you appreciate the thoughts Brian has brought before us. But if you have any questions you'd like to ask Brian, then do write in. As usual, all Brian's talks are available to download online or as a transcript book. And here's how to obtain the book. Either you can get it yourself by downloading a copy from churchesofgod.info forward slash media, or if you're not able to do that and need to request a hard copy book, just write in and ask for the title, Does Anyone Know Why We're Here? You can use email or the post. And here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, UK. And our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Now, you might be interested to know that most titles of Search for Truth transcript books have been turned into ebooks and are available at amazon.co.uk forward slash Kindle hyphen ebooks. When you're in the Kindle store, type Search for Truth Brian Johnston into the field and you'll find them. Many can also be ordered as a conventional print book from Amazon Bookstore or from our own bookstore at www.hayspress.org. When you're in the site, then use Explore Our Shop. So, it's been great to share with you in this time of study together. Thanks for giving up your time to be with us. Do join us next time, when Brian will be delving further into Ecclesiastes with the idea that even religion is futile should be interesting. I look forward to you joining us again, but till then, it's goodbye and very best wishes from Bible teacher Brian, our producer David, our singers and me, John. So see you again soon, and in the meantime, may God richly bless you. Fly lonely,